Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Horseman. Back in the 20s, we reviewed a very famous team. Welcome indeed to Podcast Horseman, the Bojack Horseman podcast, a spoiler-free episode-by-episode audio review podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series Bojack Horseman. I'm Michael Hamflit. And I'm Adam Nicholas. And like all good brand new podcasts, let's call us the front of the plane before we begin because we are all business. And let's, we've got to, <laughs> got to shill you with a... I'm sorry, I, I just wanted to throw you there. And we are all business. We need to, to totally shill everything we, we need to shill we before we begin because as we said, this is a brand new podcast we need as much help as we possibly can get we're trying to get the word out there to as many people as possible and how do you do that social media of course so if you want i say if you want no go and do it right now we need <laughs> do your, it we need your help tell your friends tell your family tell your enemies tell your enemies enemies if you really want phone that person up you haven't called in a while and just tell them that down the phone bojack horseman podcast called <laughs> podcast horseman listen to it anyway you can find us on twitter or Instagram at Podcast Horseman. Be sure to give us a follow if you so please. Every every little helps, it really does. And thank you to everybody who's already followed the podcast mm. and already committed to following our strange antics on social media along with the rest of this podcast because, well, it's, it's nice to see. People are interested, which is a good start, but also it's just, it's massively helpful. I can't overstate how helpful this really is. But you don't have to just follow us on social media. Make a pamphlet. Where else can they get us where the money really matters? <laughs> well, where the money really matters is obviously on Spotify, on Acast, on Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a five-star review. We love all that because it helps get us up those league tables. It's good for the Apple algorithms and all that sort of stuff. But it's just been really nice for the comments that we've had from episode one. So it's been very good of people to find us on Spotify. Mm. Uh, you'll notice at podcast Twitter feed has, at podcast Horseman Twitter feed has the embedded Acast player. So if you just like to play it through Twitter, you can do just that. There's lots of ways to find us. There's lots of ways to listen to us. And we just appreciate everybody doing just that. So what about episode two, Adam? Indeed, episode two. Now, as we did with the last one, we like to open with a nice synopsis of the episode. And who better to give us the synopsis than the show that the net the network? What is it these days? Was it a streaming service? The streaming service. The, the, streaming service. the greatest show on earth, which is of course Netflix. Their little synopsis on Bojack Horseman, which reads Bojack Horseman, the episode is called Bojack Hates the Troops, <laughs> season one, episode two. You know you're in for a good time with this. And the synopsis is, Bojack finds himself the subject of national media attention after he calls the troops jerks. <laughs> I mean, if episode one gave us a little flavor of Bojack, as you would imagine with a pilot, a little bit foot half on the pedal, shall we say. Mm. This episode was full Bojack 
I think it's fair fair to say, and literally one of the one of the most flawed <laughs> characters we've seen by episode two already. I think in both plot and wider scenes, they dove pretty deep into Bojack's psyche. The troops being used, obviously, as a front facing for a lot of the darkness that Bojack harbors. Mm. Um, we might as well start at the beginning with another really, really depressing cold open. It seems like it's going to be a theme going throughout the show. As we mentioned before, this is spoiler free. Um, so it starts with Bojack drinking in a bar and he gets spotted. He's a celebrity from the 90s. Um, it's something that he's obviously used to. You see that at first he seems like he's going to be satisfied. But sadly, it becomes apparent that the person is mocking him rather than being full of praise. This briefly gets interrupted by a call from uh, Princess Carolyn, his agent. Um, he has a bit of a go at her for not getting booked for Warhorse. He didn't want to be <laughs> the Warhorse, just our Couldn't Warhorse. even get him in the film. He's an actual horse. There is, and we won't spoil all the gags, there is a choice anal sex joke within the first 30 <laughs> seconds of this episode. Um, <laughs> but the main bit of this called open is to let you know that Bojack is finally going to meet with Diane tomorrow to work on the mm. memoirs that we learned about in episode one. Um, during this time, the woman that spotted him in the her friends have shown up uh they've started taking pictures they've started again making kind of jokes at bojack's expense bojack sort of loses it here um and he tells her just because she's thin and pretty it doesn't mean that she can get away with what she's doing he tells her that he hates her he tells her that he's a horrible person he hates that he doesn't understand that she's a horrible person that she it doesn't make her any less of a horrible person mm -hmm. it's painfully self-referentially he's taking all the feelings that he feels about himself and he is transporting onto her how does she respond she was just glad that he thought she was pretty. <laughs> this was so cutting because this is how people are now. The mm. phones are out. Call your friends so we can all take pictures of Bojack while he's doing his stuff. And the immediate sort of ickiness, is that the word? The, yeah. The, the horrible nature of it all for her to just focus. She's so superficial. She's absolutely berated her with horrible words. <laughs> and the only thing she picks up on is... Oh, you think I'm pretty? <laughs> There's an entitled ownership that she has over Bojack because he was on television, yeah. but then she immediately feels vindicated by the pettiest of compliments mm. on her behalf. Uh, this quite toxic interaction ends up with them sleeping together and we hit the credits. With another quite toxic interaction <laughs> as it happens. So yeah, post-credits, we find Bojack the next morning. This is not one of them cold opens that just doesn't exist outside the rest of the mm. show. We find Bojack with his first why are you here to Pam, as we learn her name? He then walks through his kitchen to get some breakfast, says, why are you here to Diane, who is also at his place? Because as we know, she was going to be there to of do the course. memoirs. Um, it turns out Diane tells us that Bojack has texted him, uh, texted her a stream of conscious while he was high on horse tranquilizers <laughs> that we learn are only really to get him to sleep and to get him through the day. And to get him through <laughs> so life in he, general. He lives medicated. He asks her not to put that in the book. That becomes quite important <laughs> later on. <laughs> his final, why are you here, is to Mr. Peanut Butter that is randomly rifling through his fridge. Mm. He responds with classic Bojack, which is a nice, obviously, take on the fact that we've got a rule of three gag early on in the show. I mean, classic Bojack, classic Hollywood, that the three, the threes gag is perfect. Yeah. But actually, you know what it is? I think we should steal that. That is definitely, we should nick that for this I feel like we always, we talk about Bojack. He's obviously the focus. Let's, mm. I'm going to call this classic Bojack for moving forward. That's what this is. This is And if I don't Bojack. see it written down on your note, classic this is every week. classic Bojack. Double underlined. Double underlined. <laughs> so yeah, that, we've been obviously given the basic premise at this point. Um, Bojack, quite depressed with the state of affairs in the morning, goes to the store. It mm. should be a simple trip to uh, go and get some shopping. <laughs> There's a lovely touch. Uh, he's browsing apples, but sees a box of muffins yes, instead. Of yeah. um, this box of muffins would become central to the plot of the whole episode. He, uh, he was about to put them down but then he finds that it was a stranger's muffins. A stranger had left them, he believed, hidden, but instead that they mm. were there in plain sight. Mm. Out of spite and absolutely nothing more based on the morning he's having, Bojack decides to take him. 
And that escalates. After uh, that fairly heated exchange between the two. Yes, there's a, a sort of a, a row about it. It's all played very much for laughs at this point that the uh, the person in the soul that happens to be a seal, by the way, has uh, thought he's left them for safekeeping. Bojack's taken them. He even says that he doesn't really want them over the course of a fight as he's going through the checkouts. The seal tells him quite mournfully that he'll live to regret this. And we find out just one scene later after Bojack has eaten all 12 muffins <laughs> in the box on the way home. Man, I really regret buying those muffins. <laughs> This was really curb your enthusiasm for me, this. This was like, here's a social situation that might happen. How will it play out? It was like, it felt like it had the fingerprints of Larry David all over it. Mm. It's, I think what we, we got here, obviously, is that we're, we're just tiptoeing around the, the fringes of Bojack's like, internal negativity and in yeah. whether or not he wants to be a figure of fun or kind of a figure that just carries his hatred around with him. And this was a little bit of, of both. He was more than happy to mock this you know, innocent pedestrian seal who initially, when he first met him, thought was, oh, he's going to want a picture. He's going to want to talk mm-hmm. with me because I was on horse and around. That meant nothing to the seal. The seal just wanted his muffins. Well, it's funny because he goes from, he likes these positions where he's, I guess it's not mansplaining. This would be horse-splaining, wouldn't it? Horse-splaining. <laughs> Horse-mansplaining. Horse-mansplaining things to people. And then when it gets to the point where he's not getting the response he wants, the ego takes over immediately. Yeah. And it's just like, well, now I'm going to just have them because out of spite because I'm a celebrity and you're not. So he regrets having these muffins and we will return to this a little we bit will. later. We will. Put a footnote in that one. <laughs> so we find um, Bojack in his office with Diane. They're trying to kind of like find a middle ground in order to get working on Bojack's memoirs. Mm. And this is quite a big moment in the show. It's a first flashback to Bojack's childhood. Diane's trying to drill in. Um, it's a really quite heartbreaking moment that we see where Bojack is flashing back and he just says that his childhood was normal. And to do that, he goes into his own head and we see... Bojack's mum and dad, his mother and father, having quite an awful row. Um, we learn over the course of just three or four lines of dialogue that Bojack's dad is also continuing a relationship with the secretary as well as Indeed. Bojack's mother. Um, he wanted Bojack to be aborted like his <sighs> secretary's baby. And then just when you think this can't get any more heartbreaking, the camera pulls back to show Bojack at the same dinner table that this row is taking place on. <laughs> and they reveal that it's his birthday. <laughs> this, we, oh, God. We talked in episode one about <laughs> celebration and heartbreak. Yeah. And I think this conversation taking place on young Bojack's birthday, we want to say that he's about five or six to paint the picture. Yep. This is the celebration and heartbreak. It pulls back out to present day. And again, Bojack just refers to it as normal. And that's probably the saddest bit of all. It, it's sort of inverting that instead of pulling back for an extra bit of humor, mm. you're pulling back from the shot. So we see little Bojack. It's just heartbreak. It's it's that layer upon layer of, oh, you thought that was bad? Well, what about the fact that he's birthday too? It's a very clever device in the show. We saw elements of this in the pilot. It's Mm. like the gag and the drag. Yes, the gag and the drag. You get get this huge, great laugh, but then you almost feel sad and guilty in yourself Mm. that you're laughing at it. It makes you think about what you're observing more than just a a great joke that you were handed. Mm. Um, But yes, so anyway, that's... uh, that's their conversation. Diane Diane hasn't seen any of this. She acknowledges that like Bojack just went quiet and into his own head. So we're yet to see if really Diane's quite figured out what Bojack's going through. But that is interrupted by Bojack getting a quite a panicked phone call from Princess Carolyn to turn on the news. Uh, <laughs> the news is reporting that an incident has occurred at a supermarket between a man that we find out to be called Neil McBeal. This is the person who, well, the person, <laughs> this is the seal that Bojack has had the argument with in the store. Um, all we know at this point, obviously, is that Neil is an aggrieved member of the general public. He, is. he has had his muffins taken off him by some Hollywood celebrity. And we think that's going to be the story, a story of celebrity mm. shaming. 
but it goes so much deeper. It is revealed that Neil had just got back from a tour of Afghanistan <laughs> and just really wanted these muffins. His favourite brand of muffins that he's been waiting for. I can't remember how long he says he's away for, but he's been away so long and all he wanted to do was come back for his favourite brand of muffins. And Bojack, the obnoxious uh, X 90 sitcom star, mm-hmm. has taken the last box in the whole shop. <laughs> This being Bojack Horseman, you're kind of floored by this reveal and they can't resist a giant gag. And as I'll keep repeating, we're not going to just spoil every oh, joke, God. but some are too good not to repeat um, verbatim. I will allow you to steal some from the, the hiddens. The newsreader, in trying to summarise the story for the viewers that have just joined <laughs> us, of which we are one of those viewers, says, and I quote, <laughs> there is nothing the least bit funny about stealing a meal from Neil McBeal, the Navy <laughs> SEAL. <laughs> And it's nice to think about so many Hollywood writers coming together in a room oh. to come up with such daft and, wordplay. And just think about the joy when they got it, when they finally landed it and got it right. I feel like they had enough with Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL, but then it's like <laughs> to steal the meal, just a little icing on the cake there. It's just, it's it's something that obviously I think Bojack can play with language and mm. play with character roles in different ways because yep. of all the use of animals and the Absolutely. use of big jokes while dealing with quite big themes. And mm. it's, it's, it's all, it's kind of a coming together of everything Bojack's really good yeah. at. Um, <laughs> Diane, as we already found out in episode one, is the one voice of reason in Bojack's life. She's motivated by nothing more than just always trying to do the right mm. thing. So as she's halfway through explaining to Bojack why he should just leave this, we find that he's already on the phone trying to steal his right to reply. Uh, he's patched in live to the broadcast. <laughs> Completely ignored what you just said. <laughs> Ignoring her sage advice yet again. Um, and he refuses to apologize. He bollocks Neil McBeal for trying to lean on dibs that he'd called yep. on getting these muffins. It goes badly. Um, Doesn't go well. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> we sort of, obviously, we, again, it's it's playing again to Bojack's stubborn side. It's, mm. again, much like the original interaction at the store. It's just a way, I think, to for the viewer to almost be on Bojack's side, but yet to play to his negative personality traits. Yeah, I think so. I think it's... Yeah. In a weird way, despite the fact he's done something so terrible that we, I guess, in a certain, to a certain extent, he didn't know, but it was born from his egotistical mindset and yeah. sort of just generally abusing his powers of dibs, I guess, if you want to call it in this situation. But you always find that they still make you go like, ah, oh, he didn't know, man. Like, mm. he, he didn't. And then it gets worse as it unfolds slowly but surely. They go looking for a reason for us, the viewer, to be able to have empathy with Bojack. Yeah. And then Bojack himself... <laughs> takes the empathy away takes from us, the viewer, by the end of the scene. Takes it away. Um, it's at this point as well, I should point out, we get a, another flashback to Bojack's dad quite sternly refusing a Father's Day card in his youth. It's just a, a, a really unpleasant bollocking, and he actually strikes him across the face. Um, Bojack, to Diane, sums this up as uneventful. Mm. So we've had normal and uneventful, and yet we've seen patterns of abuse and you know, the devastating effect that it can have on somebody. And then we're seeing that played out in the most trivial ways in real life through the muffin plot. Exactly. We're seeing the, some of the, it's weird as well, because I feel like somehow when you're watching these back bits, yes, obviously they are, it's tragic seeing it happen to him, but because it's presented in this little flashback, this jovial flashback almost, they somehow managed to make it register without really feeling like a big punch to the gut. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's obviously in the space with lots of different bits, but one of the, the bits where he's he's so angry, him and Neil McBeal are shouting at one another, <laughs> it all gets a bit out of hand. Him, Bojack, after he goes into a, an absolute torrent where he's trying to shout and explain, and the line, the mystery 
the, I'll tell you what the mystery is. The mystery of my missing goddamn self-respect <laughs> after he's revealed that he obviously ate all of the, all of the muffins from this thing. But there's the heartbreak that's in that lane, along with the absolute hilarity. There's never not the idea that Bojack is actually quite accountable for the yeah. things he knows that are wrong in his life. Mm. And I think it's that that pulls you back in. Yet again, he's, he's yet again won you back round for the next time he's about to let you and himself down. Yeah, and they give us, the, I think because they give us the little things, the little qualifiers, don't they? But yeah. obviously in, in world, nobody else is kind of getting them. He again has like one last gasp at trying to fix the situation <laughs> and yet again makes it worse. He, uh, he makes a point that most people are jerks already. It's not like giving somebody a gun and saying it's okay to kill people turns that jerk into a hero. The news, as Diane predicted it would, spins this completely into Bojack saying the troops are jerks. There's that perfect pause, isn't there? From him finishing his line to the the good to the sound of the sound of the newsroom. <laughs> It's just, it, it obviously, it, it mocks instant news and yes, it mocks these like course. the rolling news. Bojack flicks six or seven channels mm. and he just keeps seeing the troops are jerks. Bojack also yeah. the troops are jerks. Cuts back to the original channel where the news was first reported. They've called it the great Bojack jerk off because this episode, <laughs> why would it neglect a masturbation gag amidst all this social commentary and, <laughs> you know, fire lines? Um, there is a, a solution that is agreed upon. And I think this is probably a good point to bring in Mr. Peanut Butter's uh, brief involvement in this episode away Indeed. from Bojack Horseman. He's told him earlier in the episode that he's shooting a pilot for a reality show, Peanut Butter and Jelly. Uh, more on the wordplay in that yes. title later yes, on. I it's think something so. that Bojack doesn't like. Um, we also learn that because it's being filmed at Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter's house, Diane finds herself being forced onto the roof. There's quite a nice thing there in that we've learned that this relationship to us, the viewer, and to Bojack doesn't make sense. So it's quite telling that when they're filming Mr. Peanut Butter's life, Diane literally has to escape the house mm. just to feel like she has her own life. Just complete polar opposites in fairness. Yeah. It's, a, it's it's quite a nice touch and it's something that, again, will feed into mm. the the big sort of closing scene, the big moment. There's a great thing I should point out that comes from all of this, which I'm, I'm holding in my back pocket. I'm going to just whip it out there <laughs> right at the end. It's going to blow your little mind. You're weaponizing you this plot. I am. You're I'm weaponizing the plot. You troops are such jerks. That wasn't me. It's very much out of context. Michael um, Hamlet says the troops <laughs> are jerks. So there's a bit of a compromise between Bojack and, you know, Mr. Peanut Butter wanting to get a show off the ground. <clears throat> he agrees to a formal apology on Peanut Butter's show. This kind of plays to that cliched celebrity apology spot that we started seeing whenever, I suppose whenever less so cancellation culture, but just the idea that there was an immediate response when a celebrity does or says anything. Yes. It's done here through news, but we see just as much of that in social media. And it's always looked upon that you find the biggest, broadest platform with which to do your mm. apology. And you always sense that the person facilitating that apology is benefiting from it. And that's kind of a comment here is Peanut Butter's looking to get his vehicle off the ground and he's going to use something quite serious and wrap something very silly around it so Bojack, almost like bojack horseman the show you could possibly say <laughs> they're just horsing hey, around just horsing around um so yeah uh bojack horseman sets it up an apology at mr peanut but as he sends todd out to get replacement muffins for neil McBeal, the navy seal todd fails in this bid. don't you dare whip, <laughs> just whip that name out there like it's not gonna matter <laughs> Yeah, he tries to get these muffins for Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL. Uh, but unfortunately, all he's able to get is a bag of stale hamburger buns from the back door of an In-N-Out Burger restaurant. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, Bojack, because he is really trying in this circumstance, tries to spin that into a grand apology about how all the troops are stale hamburger buns. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, um, this monologue. So but, but he... He clings on to his core values in such a way that he mm. kind of nearly spoils it. 
Um, his speech is actually quite powerful, and it's it's probably the bit in a way that you would recommend of all the things in this episode to go back and watch. His speech talks about the contradictions between the media representation of American violence, how gun crime in America can be vilified, but yet there's a glorification of it through war and the things that the troops do in order for America to remain mm. a powerful world force. Um, you know, it kind of makes the military immune to criticism in that context when the, the like the everyday American can't be seen to be toting a gun and getting away with it. They t- touch on the sort of the, the kids thing, don't they, where he says like, you, t- you teach the kids that violence is not the answer, but mm. then ultimately when it's the higher ups and people who are in the suits and stuff, it's like, well, no, no, forget about that because we're going to go and do this. It's a weirdly powerful thing trapped Mm. in such a bizarrely comical episode, I think it's fair to say. Well, and speaking of being trapped in something comical, Bojack kind of rounds it up by saying, none of this (laughs) will probably survive the cut of a stupid reality show. And then everything stops because Mr. Peanut Butter has got his head stuck in a bucket. And it's it's as literal as, look, Mr. Peanut Butter has (laughs) his head stuck in a bucket. There is a chant of Bucket as the crew. Yeah. Pretty much everybody with Bojack, apart from Diane, starts chanting Bucket. Yep. They just want to know what's going on with Mr. Peanut Butter in that Bucket. Everything has been lost. What's odd about this, and again, we talked about in episode one how Mr. Peanut Butter is the light to Bojack's dark. They, they've lived similar lives. They go through similar experiences. Mm. But Mr. Peanut Butter only gets the benefit of that in his life, whereas Bojack sees nothing but the darkness. A simple miscommunication has resulted in Bojack having to do a national apology because he hates the troops. Yeah. A simple miscommunication has given Mr. Peanut Butter the funny payoff to his episode because he's got a bucket stuck in his head. Indeed. Those are, again, the two parallel, tra- like the parallel tracks that these two characters are traveling on and yet how they go different for each other. Peanut Butter is so powerful that it gets Bojack out of jail because he was just about to kill the apology and kill the truce with Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL. And yet... Because of that, that distraction, that laugh, he's got what he wanted out of it. It's the weird balance between the, it's the tragedy and comedy elements, isn't it? Bojack mm. is, no matter what he does, even if it's well-intentioned sometimes, ends up being this tragic thing. Mm. And then Mr. Peanut Butter you've got here, who completely just, by the seat of his pants, what does he say in the first episode? These too dumb to realize how depressed he should be or yep. whatever. And there he is, unlike un, unintentionally, Saving the day, stop Bojack from self-destructing because he's got a bucket on his head. It's quite something that obviously Bojack's way of trying to cope is a way that we would all like to think, which is to be articulate in your messaging and be able to get across that there's complexities and nuances to most arguments and things can't be solved by straight yeses or nos Mm. or the broadest possible message. And then Peanut Butter gives you the broadest possible message of a bucket stuck upon his head. I really felt like this whole episode, just obviously, yes, there's the, the, the higher picture that we're looking at, but the amount of times are the little things happen in this episode and I think, oh, this is about Twitter. This whole mm. episode feels like it's about, like, yes, it's about so much at more. Podcast Horseman, by but the way. At Podcast Horseman, by the way. Great <laughs> stuff. And also on Instagram. Same, same <laughs> man. Um, it really does feel like the commentary that goes around it, whether it be the people taking pictures of Bojack at the start, mm. whether it's uh, people calling to tell their friends, oh, you got to come and see this washed up celebrity kind of thing. All of it from that through to as simple as people getting distracted. Because let's be honest, if we were doing this podcast right now and you got your phone out and showed me a funny video of a dog, an actual dog with a bucket <laughs> on his head, yeah. we get distracted, wouldn't we? And that's the one that would go viral. And that's the one that That's get, the message yeah. that's going to get out to the public. And over... we're still trying to push this podcast to the rest of the world. <laughs> the dog's already won the race. We, instead of doing a, a, a podcast on a comedy with lots of niche messaging, mm. we should do a podcast on dogs with buckets on we heads. Should. Well, it's funny you say As that, Michael Hassan, because I've got a bucket here now. <laughs> For anybody who can't see this, which is literally everyone, I don't have a bucket, but... On the mythical live stream, this is absolutely hilarious. (laughs) Perhaps, yeah. You should see the bucket that's on his head right now. (laughs) So that kind of, it 
solves that plot point, doesn't it? Yes. We, get, we kind of get the A plot dealt with, but the undercurrent still lives within. And it's mm. brilliantly as well. It's kind of summarized by Bojack. Again, the only other one in the room to need to escape the room and he goes to the roof and who is there waiting on the roof? It's Diane. There's a lovely kind of reference as there was in the exact same structure of the opening episode that amidst all the chaos, it's only Diane that is a still point in this turning world for Bojack. Um, he goes to the roof and after a bit of reflection on everything that's gone on with the muffins and with Mr. Peanut Butter and obviously the reflections he's had on his parents earlier on, he realizes that for this to work, he's got to let her in. Mm. And that is obviously going so against him, but he specifies it twice. He says full truth. He admits he's not a good guy, which is big for him to say because all the way through, he's been asking her to keep things out of the book. We find in the very first scene where he slept with a woman the night before and he's <laughs> overdone it in a horse tranquilizer. Yeah. Don't put this in the Don't book. Don't put it in the book. And now that's changed. He accepts that all of this has got to go in the book. The very fact he opens up with her here and opens up about his bad childhood, you feel that he's never, ever opened up to anybody no. before. And within, what, two meetings with Diane? He's realized that there is something more here that he needs to unlock with it. And not just that, though, in an entire episode wrapped in the fact that the truth is so often misconstrued by all these weird factual things, he mm -hmm. realizes that the one thing he needs to do is deliver the truth, his truth, whatever it is. Yeah. And suddenly that's the trigger for him to say, okay, I have literally spent this whole day trying to like put out this fire that was caused by literally a miscommunication. I think I need to tell some truth, actual truth, and see where that gets me because this thing, whatever this is, is not working. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, again, it's something that obviously we explored in the first episode is that he's part of a world that he kind of needs for validation, mm. but yet he's never felt like he's fitted in. Nothing particularly makes sense unless he finds ways to just stop thinking about it not making any sense. And Diane is finally that person that could that could be that sense that he's been looking for. The one to ground him, essentially. Yeah. It's it's funnily enough, this episode is not particularly focused on Diane. As we kind of said last week, 
early on, it's all about establishing Bojack. We do get some slithers of content from the other characters, the ancillary characters this mm -hmm. week. Diane's is all to do with Bojack. But Mr. Peanut Butter, obviously, as we discussed, is uh, is shooting a pilot around the house for his reality show that he's called Peanut Butter and Jelly. Of course. And this goes back to Mr. Peanut Butter's look because he thinks that's a really clever bit of wordplay. Mm -hmm. Bojack explains to him, oh, well, he's Jelly. And then when there is no Jelly, he says, well, that's not wordplay. That's mate. not that's, wordplay. That's, you have not got a show here. And then... The person that gets the bucket off of Mr. Peanut Butter's head is called Angela, but her friends call her Jelly. And again, Mr. Peanut Butter just Brilliant. slips arse backwards into something absolutely perfect. Into jelly. <laughs> <laughs> he slips on jelly. Yeah. He leads the same life as Bojack, but everything always comes up smelling of roses. And it's funny you should mention that, Michael Hamble, because that brings me kindly. Do you remember when I said I had this wonderful little thing <laughs> okay. I was going to deliver to you from my back pocket? Well, what happened in the last episode? Very beginning of the episode, Mr. Peanut Butter says to Bojack, always a Clydesdale, never a Clyde, which is the always a bridesmaid, never a bride. And the end of the episode is obviously the reveal that Mr. Peanut Butter, together with Diane and Bojack, once again, is the Clyde. Mm. The beginning of this episode, Mr. Peanut Butter says to Bojack about wordplay, and he says it doesn't work. And he's like, yes, it does. It totally works. It absolutely works. And then by the sheer, I guess, the nature of the episode... <laughs> Everything happens between those 20 minutes and we get to the end and the punchline that started at the beginning is delivered to us on a silver platter <laughs> when Jelly saves the day and suddenly Peanut Butter and Jelly works. And once again, Mr. Peanut Butter gets the last laugh and Bojack is standing there like, oh, come on. <laughs> like as if he's a, he's a soothsayer. Again, yep. with no knowledge of the like what power his words have got. Absolutely. <laughs> That's brilliant. Brilliant He's, stuff. And again, like it, it can't be understated that I think at this point, um, Mr. Peanut Butter, we've only really been from the pilot seen him as kind of a Hollywood douchebag. Yeah. There mm. is it's he's humanized slightly by his need for this pilot to work. It's mm. a it, it reminds you that like Bojack, he's kind of a jobbing actor. The success he had was 20 years ago and he's looking for something else and he's looking for a vehicle. He just needs anything to work. Because of Mr. Peanut Butter, it will work because that's yeah. the life he leads. Whereas there's like the difference in terms of like, we don't see the in the inclusion of an agent in this. Mm. It's just Peanut Butter going about his business until he gets something to click. Um, Bojack lives an identical life, but yet nothing seems to work. And he, Mr. Peanut Butter actively pursues the next thing, whereas mm. Bojack is terrified of the next thing because... He's stuck, isn't he? Stuck and trapped in that gear. They're both the way to live that life yeah. if you were the star of a 90s comedy. And yet it's it's down to the individual person, a horse or dog, or to be able to make that yeah. decision. Um, only other notes from this episode really were for Todd. Um, uh, a throwaway plot, but it's more sort of, as we saw last week with that like bizarre history and that bizarre life <laughs> that Todd has lived away yes. from Bojack. This is kind of that as well. We find that he's uh, <laughs> he's dating a girl, uh, Ayako. She's in Japan. Um, he's completely in love. He's head over heels. We see him interacting with her on a laptop mm. in various scenes in Bojack's apartment. Um, but there are suggestions early on that <laughs> she's trying to steal money from him. She finds ways to ask for his bank details <laughs> and his mother's maiden name. That's, is that the gift she asks for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. She says, yeah, she wants it for our, was it one one week anniversary or like one day anniversary? Yeah. Uh, 12 hour anniversary. 12 hour anniversary. anniversary, there you go. Um, this is sadly confirmed <laughs> for him later in the episode when he tries to fly Bojack to Kyoto to escape the muffin and Neil Mobile, the Navy SEAL the problems crisis. that he's created for himself. Um, and she just flips out on him because it was just all a scam for the second episode in a row todd has been given a plot that is more in keeping with the sick it's more in keeping with horsing around it's yes. something as bojack said like last week you know i just want life americans just want to sit there and watch something be wrapped up in 20 minutes todd for the second week in a row has had his thing wrapped up in 20 minutes he is currently a comedic device 
but it's all character building. We are learning more about Todd, as diverse and bizarre as that is. A strange, like, additional comedy storyline that is so different to Mr. Peanut Butter's style of comedy storyline, isn't it? Because mm. Todd's is, like, well, you might suggest the characters both have a bit of a carefree attitude. Todd's is very much, I'm just laid back doing the Todd stuff, and Mr. Peanut Butter's very much out there chasing life, the big celebrity life, and they're both unfolding mm. in very different ways, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> now, this is going to be a long one, so we're going to need the time. So, <laughs> as we did last week, let's go back to the very beginning of the episode, and I'm just going to go through, one by one, all the best gags we could kind of find, as yep. always, the little qualifier that... There's probably some we missed. So if we did miss any that weren't on here that you spotted, be sure to let us know. Send us a tweet, send us a post, uh, at Podcast Horseman on all good social media. Like Put it in your feedback Twitter, as long as you leave five stars first. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck it in the feedback. Dogs abuse, a horse's abuse, if you like. Horses Put abuse. them five stars on. <laughs> if it's a yes or a nay, let us know. <laughs> Put it in the comments. Give us the thumbs up. Tell us if we did good or tell us if you could do better. But let's get cracking. For the very beginning of the episode, we go to the, the very first bar that Bojack goes in. A strange play on episode one. We had Elefante with an elephant at the bar. Mm. This one was called Bellicans, <laughs> but there was a bartender who was a pelican. Oh, of course, Not was. because because well, I'd, I'd like to give you an extra reason, but we got the laugh, so that's why. Yeah, exactly why. Um, in terms of, we said the the themes of people's phones, the ringtone seemed to be a continuous thing. We obviously mentioned Bojack's horsing around theme tune on his mm. phone. We got Princess Carolyn's phone icon, another thing that's big in this. Like last episode, Pinky Penguins was an iceberg. Princess Carolyn's is, of course, a ball of string because of she's a cat. I yep. don't know if you've noticed that yet. <laughs> um, we also found, we also said when Bojack is on the phone to Princess Carolyn, he gets put on hold a couple of times in this episode. Mm. And we clocked some lovely hold music that she seems to put him on. <laughs> she like also a lovely little commentary here on the power plays that agents would play on their clients where basically... She calls him and then puts him on hold numerous times. We got the little tune and I'm going to do it. I'm actually going to do it as well. Go on. You are walking along because jellicles can and jellicles do. That was the little tune you get. What a horrible little out of tune. What that show was. is that from? Nicole? What show is that from? Well, if you had to pick a Broadway musical that that might be from Michael Hamlet, what would it be? Quick while you think of a funny. The there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> it is, of course, we as we learned, I can't claim that it was from the top of my head. It comes from the show Cats, mm. um, which is, do you have a little bit more on that or not? A tiny bit. Um, <laughs> Jellicle, Jellicle is not a word. That Jellicle is not a, a word. Basis. But it is pulled, done a bit of research, it's pulled from uh, T.S. Eliot's book, Old Possum's book of Practical Cats. Now, there is no ah. more practical cat in Bojack Horseman than Princess Carolyn P. C. PC, very, very nice, good. Very deep. There's layers to this. Yeah. There is layers to this. Another thing in the office uh, on the notice board behind when you see a shot of the receptionist, there's a picture of a pig on the wall and it's John Hamm. <laughs> <laughs> because, of, because of course it's John Hamm. Who else would it be? There's also, if anybody can get tell me this, there's a, there is a bird that is tucked away inside the notes. It's another headshot, a green bird. I didn't manage to get mm. that off the top, but if it comes to any of you, be sure to let us know. As Bojack is berating the three women in the in Bellicans about all of their bad ways in life, he shouts so loud that the chicken who he's talking to actually drops an egg. And of course, <laughs> another little cute bit of another cute little bit of animal comedy there. Um obviously after he goes home with the with the girl that he's with, he ends up going home. They obviously end up having sex together, and in the morning he has a big, big inhale of his cigarette, and as he exhales, we get the typical <laughs> kind of horse noise from Bojack another cute little bit of comedy there and then more of that later on as he's really uncomfortable when he's hearing that voicemail from Diane and he starts doing that face that horses do you know the one where the teeth 
are coming out. Yes. The teeth are really protruding and it looks so twisted. He pulls a bit of that. That was great. Mr. Peanut Butter talking about when he's at Bojack's house calls Diane the old tennis ball and chain because of course she is <laughs> another cute bit while Bojack stands there in his horse slippers which I thought was a nice little added bit we move off to the supermarket where we see immediately a little establishing shot and there's a meerkat with three baby meerkats in the trolley who are all sort of sat up as Bojack's car comes belting into the car park um, and they're all a bit shocked as meerkats look the supermarket title was interesting, wasn't it? We were trying yeah. to figure out. It was in the, in the episode, the supermarket is called Javon's, I guess yeah. it's called. It's like J apostrophe Von. J apostrophe Von. Javon's. I was thinking Yvonne when I mm. first saw it, but there's a little bit to this, isn't there? Yeah. You you would you did a bit of digging on this. We had a look. Again, we're based in the UK, so you have to excuse some of our missed American references. Mm. Um in the Southern California and LA areas, respectively, there is a John's <laughs> and a Von's. This is such a weirdly specific but very cute little bit of So inclusion. this sort of combined universe with which Bojack and all these other animals live, of course they would chop at Javon's. Inside the supermarket, we get in straight away. There are two dogs in the supermarket who say, <laughs> I re- in that typical, you know, the voice where and I'm not to stereotype all of our American friends, of course, but that American voice was, oh my God, da, yeah. da, ba. Well, the, the Valley Girl the voice. The Valley Girl's yeah. voice, which is like, I really shouldn't eat chocolate because it can literally kill me. <laughs> and the a- two dogs are like laughing between themselves, but in the fakest way possible. It's a massive <laughs> gag. Obviously, but I think it also plays. We're learning a little bit about dogs in yeah. this world yeah. because the only other dog we've known of any great prominence is peanut butter. Yeah. And dogs chase their tails chase and their chase tail. balls, and I made happy very quickly. Well, and that is true. I'm glad you said that because there's a few of them to come with Mr. <laughs> peanut Butter's house, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, there's also another thing that I've noticed that happens quite frequently in Bojack. There's these little, little jibes at celebrities or little references. Um, the first <laughs> one we get here is. Uh, when talking about to Bojack about pseudo celebrity, and Bojack exclaims, "Pseudo? Would you say that to Eric McCormick?" Which is, of course, <laughs> Eric McCormick is, of course, Will from Will and Grace. Which I guess, if you put it in context, maybe the the right amount of pseudo, <laughs> I guess, at this point in time. But I should point out, having watched interviews with uh, Raphael Bob Waxberg, mm. he pointed out that a lot of the times he does these gags, there's no specific reason to them. It's just that was the name that fit. So yeah. congratulations, Eric McCormick, because you landed in here completely. St- Scott Free, I guess. He was like, yeah, I think he's all right. <laughs> it's almost like a nice gesture rather yeah, than the It's almost a nod to include you because yeah. it's a sitcom, I guess, to a certain mm. extent. Um, obviously, in the background, we got a bunch of stuff. There was a rabbit looking at carrots in the background <laughs> of the supermarket because, of course, the way. The other thing was in the in the apples aisle, which is uh, apple section, sorry, which is where Neil McBeal leaves the muffins, mm. the muffins are actually Muffin Man apple flavored muffins, which <laughs> is, I guess, him. So it was a crap so, hiding place. So Neil McBeal the Navy SEAL, <laughs> for real, left them in the aisle, I guess, thinking maybe apples and apples, it might have worked, it might have just been a tie-in. It, it kind of, like, vindicates Bojack's, like, finding yeah, of them absolutely. there. He's like, oh, well, well they're, they're in the apple, apple based. Yeah, yeah. apple-based, absolutely. Um, back to Bojack's horse later, later part once he's lying on the floor in excruciating pain. Like we saw last week, we're getting a few more of these arts on the wall homages. Mm. We got a little one where it's the sunset and the plants, which is a little nod towards Henry Rousseau, of course, the artist there, who has a bunch of similar looking photos. Photos? God, just completely destroyed his whole work there. <laughs> similar paintings of sunsets with plants. Very nice stuff there. Um, there's a sheep outside who cuts the hedge twice 
and then decides to take a bite out of the bush because that's it's nice and Flintstone-y, that isn't it, it is. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very basic. Which they do do this every now and again, mm. the low hanging fruit, but it's sometimes nice. Yeah, sometimes it's good. In the flashback where Bojack shows his father reading the paper, his father sees the headline that says the Beatles call it quits, and of course, because this is Bojack Horseman, the Beatles are four actual Beatles. Fantastic. And the album cover they have on is. A hard shells night, which <laughs> doesn't even make sense. And that is like one of the joys of these little yeah. spots is that they don't go looking for like nope. the cleverest of wordplay. They'll just take what they, they can get. often find it stupid. Yeah. A hard shells night <laughs> doesn't doesn't even, doesn't even work. But hey, good stuff. Very good. Then we go to the phone call with, with Bojack and uh, Princess Carolyn. She's obviously at the gym. Mm. She tells him immediately, have you put on MSNBC? Which we will find out is msnb and then the word the c is in because <laughs> as we will find out later our host on the show is tom gumbo jumbo who is of course a whale and we'll get to that in a minute but as princess carolyn's on the phone she is in the gym she's on a treadmill working out and on her treadmill she's got this tiny little mouse <laughs> like in front of her that's the carrot and stick kind of Very thing nice. that she's chasing but on either treadmill either side of her on one side is a cheetah who's just going full speed absolutely really <laughs> really caning it on this treadmill. On the other side, however, is just a sloth who's <laughs> holding on to the bars and just letting his legs drag on the treadmill, which was such a nice That's little tremendous. touch. Wonderful stuff. I have, of course, written down here, stealing a meal from Neil McBeal, a Navy SEAL, but you have, of course, touched on that already. Tom, Tom Gumbo Jumbo so <laughs> angry when he delivers this line, when he delivers this line, that his blowhole sprays out water as he makes the angry noise. It's, it's the biggest. It's the biggest laugh of the episode. It's so great, and they dare to tear it up. Well, like there is nothing funny. I don't know if it is because this even funnier. I found was just Bojack getting so angry at Neil McBeal that he calls him "you stupid sea cow," <laughs> <laughs> which. Again, doesn't really fit, but it's that angry outburst that Bojack is so prone to. They get a little cut, a transition shot, where it's a, we get this rubber-ringed horse that we just see for like about three seconds as a transitional shot. Uh, it's just a rubber-ringed horse with a beer bottle in it. Oh. I guess a little seahorse gag, a little bit of the beer in there, all representative of Bojack yeah. and the pool that we see so frequently in those opening credits. Even that's quite tragic. Even that is yeah. quite tragic, yeah. The horse, the beer, the pool. Sometimes all the jokes aren't funny, you know. Sometimes they're just sad. <laughs> <laughs> and another one of the lovely and plentiful art pieces on the wall that we see is a little reference to Henry Matisse as well. Mm. Um, the picture that you normally see, I have stupidly not written down the title, but all of the people who are in the play, in the picture where their hands are connected and they're dancing around have been replaced. Interestingly, we have a cat, a horse, and a bird. The Bojack could potentially be the horse. The horse and the cat are holding hands, mm. which could potentially be a, no a nod to their previous relationship. No word on the birds yet, but I'm sure we'll get them. <laughs> um, now, this is the the quick fire headline round because as Bojack goes very wrong, we end up with a headline ticker on the news. And I'm going oh, to have to... Like a rolling news. A show. rolling yeah. news where across the bottom we see, across the crawl, there's a lot of different headlines going across. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to fly through these really quickly. I apologize because... Michael Hamlet's going to break at this point, I assume. <clears throat> in in order, from top to bottom. Man bites dog, dog sues man. <laughs> uh, cute child does thing on the internet. Very good. Scientists discover water on ocean floor. <laughs> the UN declares war, good for absolutely nothing, says it again now. <laughs> uh, which is <laughs> personal favourite of mine amongst there. Uh, orange juice discovered to have several orange properties. Uh, the next one is AIDS, still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Followed by, 
I wanted to write novels, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> Such a tragic little thing in there. Of the, the US government grants amnesty to millionaires. Uh, happy birthday to Enid Smith, America's oldest woman. Followed by New Yorker goes to Italy, complains about pizza. Followed swiftly by... <laughs> Condolences to the family of Enid Smith, <laughs> America's former oldest woman. And the final one really hits home before it all cuts off. Milk, milk, lemonade, around the corner, gentrification. <laughs> oh, that feels like my daily oh, commute through Newcastle City. Absolutely City, fantastic stuff. Whoever writes those, whoever did it for that episode, I need to find them and give them an absolute round of applause. You've already mentioned the great Bojack Jerkoff, but it'd be rude not to put it in there again. Um... Tom Gumbo Jumbo mentions Randy, <laughs> someone in the back who just, because of the name of that title, and does not sound happy about it, calls him out off camera. Really funny stuff. A guy making a jerk-off jag being called exactly. Randy. Exactly. Randy, of course. It's yeah. Terrific. Perfect stuff. Um, of course, at the bottom, when <laughs> the quick headlines on Bojack, has been hates the troops, comma, looks fat, <laughs> <laughs> which is such a lovely reference to how many muffins he's just had. There's a quick blast when they go to interview all the public, and um, we get a lot of stuff here. But the on the sign, it says, Bojack's views are unbearable. And of course, the person saying it is a bear, an anthropomorphic bear, as always. He then says, he voiced his opinion, even though it was unpopular. And that's about the most cowardly thing a person can do, <laughs> which if that isn't a summary of society, I don't know what is. The next person interviewed is some girl who Bojack Horseman slept with, uh, which is, of course, the, the girl from the start of the episode. Pam, isn't it? Pam, who says... After we made love, he covered himself in sheets like an Arab. <laughs> really vicious. So the views of a, a bigoted woman of course. are being rationalized yes. by rolling news. And this constant thing of the sort of world we're living in where the facts are facts. As long as someone puts it out in the news, <laughs> it must be true. Uh, there's a little there's a little nod to George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life where Todd is explaining to the potential um What's the word I'm looking for? What's she doing to him? She's she's scamming him. Scamming him. Yeah. Scammer, that's the word I was looking for. The scammer who says, I thought you were rich. And he says, I am rich. I'm rich like rich, like George Bailey. <laughs> Obviously, lots of good things in his life he meant. The scammers who target Todd as well, if you get a quick flash into their office, you can also see on the other two screens they have, they've got one of the one of the bird journalists who we see constantly trying to take pictures. Mm. They're trying to scam him. He's one of the others. And on the other monitor is the guy with the flat cap from episode one. He's got a flat cap, red jacket, and blue pants. He's a kind of he's a bit of a recurring at this point. Oh, yeah. It seems he's on the other screen. And last but not least, you get a pig photographer flying past with a red balloon that he's holding on to. The only way he keeps him in the air, of course. Pigs can fly. Very the nice. day that pigs can fly. And finally, I realize this. This is a long episode. I wasn't kidding. There's a lot going on here, but at least we've got as much as we They're possibly all can. Worth it. They're all worth it. We're in Mr. Peanut Butter's house for the shooting of his reality TV show. And first of all, we saw the Miss Prince t-shirt, which is obviously a clever take on the Misfits mm -hmm. t-shirt. We got the um then we get a fruit bowl, all the little things in his house that are very typically dog-based stuff. As you mentioned, a fruit bowl full of tennis balls, of course, <laughs> because he's a dog. A biscuit bowl full of dog biscuits, again, because he's a dog. Because he's a dog. One of my favorites, though, a dog bowl that's obviously got a drink in it, probably alcoholic, in the, in the style of a cocktail with just a little slice of fruit on the dog very bowl. Nice. Very, very nicely nice. done. Huge tennis ball painting in the background as well. Um, every time... Of course, the little the little animal moments of Mr. Peanut, but I seem to creep out episode by episode. Mm -hmm. The doorbell goes off when Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL, turns up. And of course, 
like his ears pop up yeah. in this little weird fashion, like all dogs do. The tongue comes out, he goes rushing to the door, <laughs> so excited. And then, of course, as you mentioned at the very end, gets the bucket stuck on his head. And what, of course, we find out is Angela, who gets the bucket off, only to be find out that her friends call her jelly, peanut butter, and jelly. And at the very, very end of the episode, a tiny little payoff we get as Bojack and Diana talking on the roof, having this really lovely moment. It pans up to the sky. And we see the little pig still holding yeah. on to the red balloon as he drifts off for the end of the episode. My God, that is quite a lot in that episode. I told you, and this is just the second episode. That was just the second episode. I am realizing already <laughs> this was a terrible mistake. <laughs> Who are we on this podcast if we can't reward the effort made That's to true. build this world so soon into the run of the show? It was almost as if they knew they were going to get six glorious seasons and all this critical acclaim. They mm. were going in hot from the very they start. Did. They did. They put as much effort as they possibly could. Now, whether you believe me or not, Michael Hamflet, mm. it's time because I know we've covered almost everything <laughs> in existence here, but I just wanted to give you, as I mentioned last week, just one last thing, and then I swear to God, I'll shut up about this podcast forever. Now, the thing is, yeah, I've got so ingrained in what I'm doing mm. that I don't know if I've locked mine down yet. So why don't we throw it? Have you got one perhaps you could pull from your luxurious list there? I'm sure you have. I do actually, yeah. Um, this is obviously probably, this becomes a meta joke actually. Mm. And it's to do with Bojack Horseman, the TV show's relationship with Netflix. Yeah. So Bojack is shouting at the news before he's rang them up. They're using a picture of him where he's sneezing and his face is all over the place, the horse sneeze. And years later, Netflix, the service, would add avatars to so you could create your own profile. Yeah. And the choose the picture they choose for Bojack is of him sneezing. Every character has its own character. Lovely in profile shot of Diane, for example. But Bojack's is the sneeze picture. It's something they've taken from the very second episode. Something that if Bojack was real and if he was searching Netflix, he would still find a way to hate himself. It's still somehow <laughs> find a way. Not the sneeze picture. Not the sneeze picture. I love that. I love that they've, in that that weird way that only a news place could, where they've probably got limited access to like, well, we know all about it working. Yep. And, and, and you get, you can only use so many images. So they're just stuck with this one of him sneezing. <laughs> and, he's, and the implication that he's been featured on the news before because they've used this, but not the sneeze picture again. He hates that. He hates that he's constantly reminded of it, which suggests that they've gone in on him in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the thing here is, I think my last one is probably, I've touched on it a little bit already. I think it's more... A little bit more serious, I guess. We'll downgrade mm. it a little bit. But I just thought the way that they kind of relentlessly use this episode to comment on modern society and how realistically, even now, from when, what would have this been? Like 2014 yeah. it would have been. So, I mean, what, would six years later now, yeah. and never has this episode felt more relevant than it does right now with all of the first fast news kind of things going mm. on. Obviously, not to touch on anything too, too obviously, uh, heartfelt during this, but with the tragedy that happened with Kobe Bryant recently, like the amount of news that was put out there that wasn't factually accurate. It was yeah. just rushed to get out and immediately put across so that someone could be the first fast. Now we see a perfect example of this, albeit in much lighter hearted circumstances. But if that isn't like more relevant than ever, I, I don't know what is. It finds the roots of the problems rather Absolutely. than just addressing that they're happening. It looks and it, it's kind of how it becomes timeless as a message within this episode. It's why, as we record six years later, but whenever anybody's listening to this, it's likely to still be the same. Mm. Is because it doesn't just deal 
with the literal. The literal in this case is the muffins and Bojack's misquote about the troops yeah, being jerks. Of course. But the undercurrent is something much bigger and it's addressing the societal problems, as you referenced, rather than just the muffins, rather than just, as we always go back to, Bojack thinking this can be wrapped in 20 minutes. It can't be. It can't be and it never will be, sadly. Mm. Anyway, that's probably everything for this week's episode, Michael Hamlet. And mm. I say that because, Jesus, that was a lot. My apologies. There's just going to be so much. I hope we got it all. Ah, fingers crossed. We probably did. But if we didn't, well, be sure to let us know. You can follow this podcast at Podcast Horseman on social media, at Twitter or Instagram. Be sure to let us know all your thoughts on this week's episode and let us know anything you found. As always, we want to keep that community going. Or if you want to follow your lovely host, as I will continue to try and push. You can follow me on Twitter at It's Adam Nicholas. You can find me at Michael Hamflit. You can find this podcast at uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, pretty much wherever you go looking from. Follow, subscribe, give us a five-star review, all that sort of stuff. Wonderful. Oh, and before we go, let's have a quick look at next week's episode as well, courtesy of our good friends over at Netflix. Next week's episode will be the season one, episode three. It is called, ironically... Prickly Muffin. Oh, no. Who, more muffin More trouble. muffins, just when you thought you'd seen the end of them. And the little synopsis is, Bojack reconnects with a friend from his past who moves into his house and creates pandemonium. Ooh. Ooh what a little intrigue. bit of intrigue that is. I'm very excited about that. But with that said and done, the only thing that remains to say is that my name is Adam Nicholas. I'm Michael Hamflit. And this has been Podcast Horseman. <laughs> 